Hello and welcome to Indie Author Diaries, a weekly diary podcast with two indie writer mums. Your show hosts are Sarah Gay. Hi there. (laughs) And me, Lisa M. White. And we are awake and (laughs) totally present today. And um, the funny thing is, it's actually me that was telling Sarah, I feel like a zombie. Uh, I was I was writing down some points. <laughs> <laughs> That's so cool. Okay, so today we thought we would chat about research and how we research for our writing and how you know how we use research in our writing. So um yeah, I, I do you want to get started, Sarah? Like, do you want to tell me about your writing system? About my research. Sorry, research system. Yes. <laughs> so I'm shutting uh, a window. <laughs> I forgot to shut the window. And you just know that's when all the buses drive past and ambulances. And <laughs> Okay. Okay. So for my research, um, I do research before I start uh, writing out my scenes. So when I'm doing the outline, I don't even bother. I have my basic, I know what I want, I know where it is, um, kind of thing. But when I actually start uh, filling the book out, I Google the crap out of yeah. whatever I'm writing about. So like my biggest thing is the location. So depending on where it's located, you know, like with the Kirby's, um, it was located, you know, around Ithaca and um, Seneca Falls and things like that. And so I didn't want to just go in and write a whole heap of things that weren't true to, especially with readers who have actually had who do live there. Mm-hmm. Um, so my biggest thing is I first I check out the location um, I check out the social events that happen there. You know, what's their calendar look like? Um, what are the big things that they have every year? Um, I even go on Google Earth and check out what the average house looks like yeah. uh, because I want to write that to fact. Um, I write down the landmarks that are there, businesses that are there, what their population count is, um, that's the first thing I do for anything else before even diving into the characters, I make sure I hit the location properly, especially if I don't live there, I'm not going to know. So I need to get as much fact as I possibly can because it's surprising. I thought, who's going to read it from Seneca Falls and Ithaca? It is crazy how many people messaged me saying, oh my gosh, I felt like I was walking my own town here, you know, so that was a, yeah, it was like a massive boost to say, okay, those hundreds of hours that I, you know, searched and browsed and looked at photos and all that sort of stuff, like it paid off and it was as true as I could get it to fact. Um, So that's where I always start before I move on to characters and then Once I move on to characters, you know, sometimes we've got, we write those everyday characters. We can pull from, from things that we know or our own personalities and things. But 
when you're hitting particular topics, um, like some of my books, some of my contemporary books, you know, they had to deal with like a hearing impaired character, a deaf character. Um, you know, I spent, oh my gosh, I, I can't even tell you. I, I spent so much time watching YouTube videos um, of how they interact with each other. Um, I actually went on Facebook and found friends who have hearing impaired friends and they, uh, they were amazing to talk to and <laughs> I found out sometimes I was describing them in books, I was actually doing this super long form of how they communicate instead of just this one simple signal that means, you know, I love you. <laughs> it's like, they just taught me so much about, you know, their, basically their pigeon language, how they have shortcuts for things and, and what certain facial features, you know, they're very expressive in how they do things. And then I could incorporate all of that into a book um, to once again, stay as true to fact as I could. Uh, worked the same with, um, you know, another book where I had domestic abuse, you know, that was a really hard topic for me, but I, I went and spoke to some friends who have lived through that and I mean, it's heartbreaking, you know, but just the insight they gave me, you know, and I admit there was a part of me that thought, why don't they just leave until you get to the root cause of that? and why they don't leave and that whole, it's just such a, it, they're powerful stories anyway, but I wanted to write it true to fact so other people could feel how they felt. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, research, it's huge. I mean, on any topic that I cover, grief, it doesn't matter. Um, when you're diving deeper than a, a rough character, you need to hit the nail pretty hard. I think and, also because uh, like you write that. first person and yeah you know so it's like you're literally in that person's skin then when you're reading it and writing it yes and you know even like oh my gosh I, I swear I live in fantasy land even you know when I was um when I killed off a character because I was doing the the grief story you know, and what the different kinds of grief you have, you know, it's not, sometimes it's not just about losing someone or how fast do you move on? Like grief is, it's just so unique to each person. Oh my gosh. I found myself crying for weeks. You remember that I killed off a character I and it, <laughs> it almost destroyed me. Like I couldn't even write after that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's for my books. Um, but I also do research on the market, mm. on the genre. So yeah, yeah. like when I did um, my Jordan Gay uh, speculative fictions, you know, I had no idea what I was going into. I wanted to write these short episodic fantasy worlds and um, they were going to be a little bit different. They weren't just in urban fantasy. So I actually joined some Facebook groups that are specific for speculative fiction. Um, and I spoke to them, you know, I wanted to know the covers. What was the cover for that? 
you know, what, what books in that genre were really popular and what made them popular. And I also wanted to know what is a no-go zone? What can you not do? Or are you going to disrespect that genre in any way if you flip off into something else and make it reverse harem or something, which is a no-go in speculative fiction. (laughs) So I wanted to cover those basic grounds, you know, because each, each genre is very specific to itself. Hmm. Um, and Lisa and I were talking about this the other day with, um, another friend about you can have a romance genre, but different expectations within those genres, you know, Hmm. if, you know, if you write that, that chiclet, like I do, you know, you, you are not going to be criticized as much in some terms than a person who writes contemporary romance. I mean, if you can't break that person's heart, that reader's heart, and then put it back together, then you're going to be criticised for it if you put it in a contemporary romance. Mm. Um, So you need to be very specific and know what your boundaries are and what is expected in those genres. Mm. Um, You know, we'll get into cross-genreing another time because I do that all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but um, I think before you do anything, you know, spend spend those hours researching and know exactly what you're going to put in it and where you're going to go. Yeah. Sounds cool. Sounds like a thorough list. So is that's that's what you got? That's a lot. I, I told that's... you. I, I told you I was on fire today. You are? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for me, um, the research is something – I find a bit fun, but then it can also become arduous. So when I start writing, I have an idea. I tend to write about things I know enough about to write the story about. Um, So I tend to set stories in places I've been. um, And I, yeah, I tend to like the careers that my characters do are usually something that, I've had experience with or I've got a friend who does it so that I know. So that way I've got enough to write that first draft, basically. Um, unless there's like a plot point dependent on something, excuse me, something specific like, um, you know, a medical condition or a specific special fact about a place or whatever, then I'd do the research first. That makes sense. Um so, yeah, so, and I think, I guess I'm probably a bit more of a method writer in that I like to have that personal experience touchstone with an aspect of the story or what I'm writing about. So that way I can write it more. And I think that comes from having been a research scientist in my past is just that I worry about getting the detail wrong. So then I got to be careful because I can go too deep into the research and then you don't write the story. <laughs> so with that said, um, my primary, you know, tools for research, gathering, gaining uh, interviews, I'll talk to people who do the career that I use for my characters. Um, I'll talk to people who live in the places. So for my werewolf book, for example, um, I have characters who have jobs that I'm familiar with but also and I've been to the area but it was like 10 years ago so I was interviewing 
people who live in the area, interviewing people who, you know, like an environmental scientist, my, my nephew's girlfriend's an environmental scientist. So I was talking to her, um, you know, just doing a whole lot of that kind of research. And then over the summer we went on a holiday to the area where I've set the books and I was doing what I'll call my deep research there um, with our family holiday. So I took heaps of photos because like, I like that visual cue for the reminding. And I also took like videos with some audio where I'd be saying, okay, I'm standing in the forest. This is what I can hear, see, smell, touch. <laughs> you know, the ground feels like this. I take photos of the ground and the trees because um, in doing my research, I could see that there's lots of different kinds of forests. And so I didn't want to describe the forest in this region to be different than it actually was. And so now having been standing there, you know, I can see, okay, you know, the kinds of wildflowers along the road, you know, two main colours kind of thing. There's the white flowers and the yellow flower. Or um, one thing I really noticed is we saw a lot of real butterflies, you know, the black and orange butterflies, as opposed to the little white cabbage moth kind of butterflies that you see a lot here in the city. And you know, this is something I wouldn't have known and that I wouldn't have picked up if I hadn't actually been standing on the road in between the forests um, out where we were. So that was kind of cool. So I do like getting into the actual area. Um, I did do Google Earth looking at the, the main streets of the towns before we went there. But like you, I do, I just love looking at houses anyway. I've got so many photos from when we were in America of just the houses because <laughs> I just love looking at the different kinds of um, houses and architecture around the place. I just love it. And cemeteries, I always go to the cemeteries as well because I, especially the old, like the really old Victorian kind of, gravestones like I just love looking at that kind of thing and I you know it's quite sad like you read the, the stones and you think about the people's lives and you know how it must have been for them to live in that space like in Portland is one of um, Port Ferry and Portland have a couple of the oldest cemeteries and that's in Victoria and um, the Portland cemetery was just beautiful it made me think of um, the, the fancy one in Savannah um what's it called bonaventure bonaventure cemetery and um which is really beautiful and it, it had that kind of eerie beautifulness to it not as many graves obviously but yeah it was on this cliff facing the ocean because <laughs> like the mouth of the great ocean road there and all these beautiful old trees and then you know the these old cement ornate gravestones were the best that the people could do back then for the people they loved. And these black raw iron fences. And yeah, it's just, it was just amazing to go there and think, wow, what was life like, you know, here for these people, but also trying to imagine as a local, how it feels to walk down those streets. Um, another thing where in person, like, I mean, it's not always practical, you know, you're not going to always be able to climb <laughs> Mount Everest and, you know, so there are things that you're not going to do. Not everybody is going to be able to get on a plane and go to the place where they're writing about. But a thing I noticed in America, um, cause so we stayed in Brooklyn and we were going in on the subway to Manhattan and just, it's something we don't get here. It's very flat you know, Adelaide especially, but Australia in general in comparison, it's very flat and we don't live in apartments. We tend to live in houses or maybe there's units and we do now have some apartment buildings, but, you know, the vast majority of people have houses and as an Aussie, we'd always watch 
American TV shows and people would talk about their neighbourhoods and their neighbourhoods would be like a block or two and you'd think, wow, that's just a block. But when you go, like, going to America and just seeing the neighbourhoods, it's like, oh, my God, the sheer number of people that live in that neighbourhood, in that block, they've got everything. They've got their shops, they've got their sports grounds, they've got a playground, they've got schools, they've got everything in that block. And so the concept of living in the neighbourhood there is very different than here. Like, we live here, but I drive, like, 20 minutes to the shop, you know, (laughs) to the the shops where I've got all of them. You know what I mean? Like, it's just... Yeah, it's just a very different and you don't really feel that, I think, unless you're there and you start to see, oh, yeah, yeah, I get, oh, for me, my brain type needs to see it and feel it and then it's like, okay, now I can go beyond and imagine it. Um, yeah, so that's an interesting thing and then this is all kind of funny that we're talking about research when I'm writing about vampires and werewolves and witches, which, you know, some people can tell me I'm doing it wrong, but as far as I know... <laughs> <laughs> there aren't really definitive, you know, texts on exactly what this is like, afterlife and all of that. You know? <laughs> so I feel like I've got wiggle room. <laughs> um, and But having said that, I think I still like to use the research to hinge, or, or to, you know, the, the total fiction fantasy stuff off from. I think for me that makes it more believable and, yeah, it makes me imagine that, yeah, maybe we really do have fairies living across the road uh, in the park or whatever, <laughs> which I like the idea of. So interviews and going to the place, um, when I'm there, as I said, that's what could I see, smell, hear, feel, that kind of thing, uh, are questions I ask myself and take note of. I do the online, obviously look at websites, and after I've been to places, I then... I often take photos of like the tourist boards, which have some information about places, you know, like, a, like we were seeing extinct volcanoes, for example. So, you know, took a couple of photos of, of those, which gives you summaries and some basic information about volcanoes. And I use some of that as a springboard for further research online if I need to look up things. So, for example, I, um, I had a, a sinkhole in in one of my books and so I went actually down into a sinkhole and then I can now go and do some further research if I want to see more about how I can use that with with something else in my story and how the entire region is like um the limestone coast region has caves you know like underneath it which I love that whole idea of that other world there um, I do look at books. I buy books on topics as well. So I've got a book on caves and a book on um, vampires, like when I went to New Orleans and so all of that. Um, I keep brochures and maps when we go away as well. So like a city layout. So like you do where you take note of all the main things, you know, just so you know, okay, so where is the school or where is the hospital or the coast (laughs) in relation to this not you don't want it to become bogged down you don't want your book to become a a um like a you know direction like a map or anything but you actually want it to be truthful enough so you know can they have this conversation which looks like a long conversation over the course of you know 15 minutes in like a 30 second patch of forest no so you know (laughs) make sure you're describing the area and setting it where there is actually enough trees to hide the action or stuff like that um and that's where the research will help you 
Um, what else did I do? I think I would say they're the main things. I think the other thing that I tend to be mindful of, and I think that comes from the science background, is like this kind of space, uh, place information and research. That's fine because you're basically, you know, you can't dispute with a picture of a tree or a shop, you know, or a map or a building. Like maybe it was torn down, so you might want to do that. Your accuracy of checking when that building would have been standing or whatever if you're writing a historical thing. But, you know, that's kind of easy to accept the information you're seeing when you're looking at that. Um, but the other thing I tend to think about when I'm looking at things that have multiple interpretations or that other people could have different opposing views on on how something works you know so for example if you're writing sci-fi and you, you're talking about something scientific in there or genetics or something like that um i tend to do the research with stuff like that a bit deeper and just look at who has written it um you know is it somebody who is experienced in the field is it written by an enthusiast uh, health is another one where you can get a lot of people with no qualifications writing about things and you don't know that if what they're sharing is actually um, real information or if they've written, you know, if they've heard it third hand and they're just re relaying what they've heard but acting like they're an, an expert in the topic but don't actually really know how to look at the research around it, if that makes sense. So I tend to look deeper when I'm, I'm looking into things like that. But most of my stories don't have too many of those issues now. So I don't get stuck in that rabbit hole of research. But you can. And I think it's really important to um, make sure you don't get stuck in the rabbit hole. <laughs> but, you know, you want your book to be believable. Otherwise, it'll pull people out the minute they read something wrong. Yeah. And so in regards to what you were saying about researching your market and the genre, I, yeah, basically totally agree with everything you said there um don't really have anything to add at this stage so um yeah so there we go that's my thoughts on research yeah and I mean I think you know research is it's one of those topics I, I'm actually surprised we didn't get around to it earlier because it's it's such an important part of anything that you're going to write and you know i mean i don't know if you have but i've read quite a lot of books where i'm like they're not they're not describing what needs to be described mm. it doesn't sound anything like the place they're talking about and um i think you know a lot of readers are going to pick up on that mm. and if you want to put out the best thing you can you know just spend that little bit of time and it doesn't even matter how you do the research. I mean, you've just heard how I do research. Um, you know, I'm Google, I'm YouTube, I'm, you know, chatting to people in my life. But then, you know, you could be a researcher just like Lisa where she actually gets out into it and she walks it and collects things from it. And, you know, that's how she draws her research. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, you know, we want to know what you do to research. Yeah. What is something that drives you and, and what ideas? I mean, we love hearing tips. So if you've got anything to add to it, you know, post on our Instagram, let us know. And, yeah. um, and we'd have, love to hear your feedback. Like, have you come across situations where you felt, yeah, this wasn't true. This isn't how it actually is, or this isn't how, to, like, as you say that, I was thinking, 
I read this book and it went quite well, actually, as from, you know, what I've seen around the place. Um, it was an urban fantasy book and it was set in Salem. And I'm like, the person had never been because <laughs> it could have been any city, you know, like it was supposed to be Salem, Massachusetts and modern day. And yeah, it had no vibe whatsoever. It was like, oh, I'm writing about witches. I need to set it in Salem and it's going to be the most bland kind of um, bland town you can imagine rather than, you know, my God, like Salem is not bland. It's quirky and cute and yeah, you want those little pretty. Yeah. Those little nuggets. Absolutely. Yeah. And there was nothing in this book that was like, Oh, I feel like I'm there. You know, it it was just really amazing. And, and we've all felt that. So I love that the people who have read your books have said like, wow, I felt like, you know, I was, I was in your book in my hometown kind of thing. And I've had, I like that when I see that in books with other authors as well. Absolutely. I mean, it, it reminds you that you, you're going down that right path because you're being true to your book, you know, and you want to re- represent yourself and, you know, the awesome people in that town that you're writing about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, and so it is good. And, and that sort of drives me on. I mean, I've also written books where I've made up my own towns. People are like, where are these towns? I'm like, in my imagination. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what I've done. I've actually, for the werewolf <laughs> book, I've done that. And so I've basically got set, it set between um, National Park Forest and Plantation Forest. And yeah. I, as we were down there, I knew roughly where I wanted to set it. And I realised I had to move it a little bit or at least move one of the places the characters went to in the book because then it wasn't viable. It was going to be like a 90-minute drive and people wouldn't be doing that with what needed to be done. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, back to the original plan. I just instead of having the the characters go to one town for this shop, I've got them now going to a a different town, which makes more sense. It's only like 30 minutes away. And, you know, but I've created my fictitious town smack bang in that region <laughs> and I've got a, actually got a photo which I shared in my last newsletter where I'm standing right where I've set the town so like I'm standing on yeah. the road in between the forest and so this is another thing like it's a, it's not what we're talking about here obviously but you can use your photos from your research if you're a doer and a, like the kind of person that goes to places in your social yeah. media and in your emails and yeah. it's fun like it's fun to share that stuff I don't feel like I'm being you know I know pushy or anything because I'm not I'm just showing people whoa this was the inside of the sinkhole isn't that cool you know <laughs> um <laughs> maybe you haven't been in one either you know rather than buy my book buy my book buy my book um yeah, yeah. that's right I mean it's even the same with characters I mean <laughs> there was a few months ago I think uh and if you've been following our podcast, you'll know I read a book that just sent me into a really bad place <laughs> because it, it wasn't good. And, um, you know, the research with the character, I mean, you, you, you find that personality for that character. You give them quirks. Um, you give them that personality. But when you see a character that is one minute flirty and then she's super sweet and then she's going to bite your head off because she's a feisty warrior princess and then, you know, the next minute she's talking like a child, that is not researching your character. That is putting 
four different personalities into one. Mm. Um, and it, I, I could not grasp this character. I, I had no idea what she was going on about because I didn't see her personality growing. It was changing. Ooh, you know what I'm feeling here, Sarah? <laughs> I'm feeling the topic for our next podcast. Yes. Yes. Is anyone with me? So research. <laughs> yep, people, we will be back with another podcast next week Absolutely. on characters. <laughs> Writing believable characters that people know and love, not bitch about and hate. Yes. <laughs> Even if they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> they can know and love the bad guy. <laughs> you want them bitching and about them and hating them for the right reasons. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All righty. Well, shall we wind that up there? What do you reckon? I think we've covered it. You know, like we said, we, we want to hear from you. Tell us about your research. Be awesome. Yep. Looking forward to hearing it. All right, guys, have a great week. Bye. Bye.